The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Arise to Success show. In this show, we aim to highlight inspiring individuals and their journeys to success. I'm your host in the show. My name is Jihad. Today is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking any calls, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show on 0779-481822. Alternatively, you can comment on Facebook as well. So today we have an extremely inspiring guest, Marilyn Rose. Marilyn Rose is the founder of Wealthy Women, a platform for ambitious, faith-based women. She's an inspirational speaker, TEDx speaker, and has traveled worldwide working with entrepreneurs. She started her first online business in 2015 with an online course. After much success, she presented workshops internationally to teach others to get started. Marilyn has since continued her studies both in her faith and in, and in, in NLP. Tony Robbins Business Mastery, Platinum Partnership, and Unanidib in London. Unanidib is uh, what we know today as the profit medicine. And that was in London in the UK. She has reached over 10,000 people worldwide with her podcast and have helped her students with their confidence, clarity and increased lifestyle cash flow. Marilyn, welcome to the Arise to Success show. How are you doing? I'm good. Assalamualaikum. Jazakallah for having me. Thank you for, thank you for this time. Jazakallah for being with us as well. What an amazing background you have, Marilyn. Mashallah, you know, such an inspiring background and a lot of things you've done in your life. Please tell us more about what you do, your story or stories, and how did you get, Mashallah, to that success? Yeah, of course. So rewind a little bit before I started anything online. I had actually had plans to go to medical school. I had thought since I was like 12 years old that I was going to become a doctor. It was because I had always had this drive to help other people. And I thought that being a doctor was was the one. And as life has it, there are twists and turns because Allah has other plans for you. And so it was actually my mom who got me started with online business. And now I know you're thinking like, oh, your mom got you started with the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is definitely like the hip one of us two. And so she had inspired me to say, you know what, like medical school looks like it's draining you. You look burnt out. It's not the life that I want for my daughter. There are other alternatives that you can do that you can still help other people. So we had gone on different training courses together. And from that, we were able to, I I started my own course. And so the course was at that time, the only skills that I had known were in the health-based nutrition space. And so I naturally, I started a course of what I already knew, which was everything you needed to know about nutrition because I was very into the fitness space, the nutrition space. And Mm -hmm. then from that, I was able to like niche down, really niche down and focus on what I could actually do that would be monetizable. And so Mm -hmm. from there, that really kicked off my journey. And so I knew I needed a change. And at that time, Instagram wasn't as big as it is now. It was more so like for a rising platform. And that's where I had started. And all of the network that I was like following at the time, they had seemed to be in Bali, Indonesia. And so I knew like I had to pack up my bags and also go to Bali, Indonesia, which I did. (laughs) And so from there, that was the beginning of my solo travel And with that, I was able to go more so on understanding more about who I was, understanding more about, I first dove into spirituality there in Bali. I knew I've always had this drive for a bigger purpose, something different, but to the online world, the life that I was living looked so ideal. It was this beautiful resort. I was taking yoga pics on the beach, like so many different things that to the outsider, they would say, wow, this looks amazing. But at that time for me, I had felt the most alone. I had felt so sad and I knew there was something missing. And that's what actually brought me to my Islamic journey because I was in, it was in Bali and I was doing yoga five times a day. I didn't know what else I was supposed to do. I didn't even know that Islam had existed at this time. Like Mm -hmm. I had thought were that Muslim, I thought Muslim was a religion. I thought Islam was ISIS, which was the only difference, which is a typical American 
belief. It's just a lack of knowledge and the media portrays one specific thing. And so from there, I actually was continuing my business journey, my personal development journey, and that's what brought me to my spiritual journey of learning about Islam. And from there, I knew that I had to continue to do something for my community, which was my faith, and more so helping the women that believed in God in terms of helping them get wealthy because there's such a mentality when it comes to, I grew up, the way that I grew up was not a hard life. Like, of course, we all have our adversities, but I didn't have, I don't have a rags to riches journey. It was always very stable and comfortable thanks to my parents and their hard work and them going through rags to riches journey. But for me, it had always been like a stable, solid drive. And then from there, that comes with a different mindset. It comes with different belief systems. Instead of going to school, there's a really funny journey because there's an example. They talk about how it works in intercities in their textbooks that for an intercity kid for their school textbooks, when it comes to a math problem, that the math problem will say, you'll go to the grocery store and you have a coupon or you have this discount. You're going to save $3 if you buy something for $10, how much are you saving? Compared to at a private school or a different, more suburban school that I grew up with, those math problems are you're given $1,000 for a company to start. How will you invest it so you can grow? And so even in that concept of just how that mindset is taught from the beginning, is one's taught to grow and invest and one's taught to save and penny pinch. But saving and penny pinch doesn't always get you to a place of wealthy. It's only keeping you in a place of surviving. So I had knew I wanted to take what I had learned and what I was grown up with, I, how I was fortunate to have this knowledge, to be able to share it with more people and especially women. Mm. Wow, what an amazing journey, mashallah. And what I'm hearing there is that you had a lot of support as well from parents and from your mother specifically and it just makes me kind of emphasize the importance of having that support because it kind of helps us to know what we want to do in life and also to kind of gives us direction right because children you know they can be thinking okay i want to be this i want to be that and as you said you know you wanted to be uh to get into medicine and that could be perhaps influence from what you know what the, the best roles that, that are um out there uh would you would you say that this was the case with yourself where you felt okay you know what these are kind of best roles I can get to and you know that that support that you had from mother kind of helped you to start exploring other things and see that there are other ways that you can help people yeah so when it came to the medical field specifically my I grew up with grandparents Mexican grandparents right so they were very into soda drinking and so much of when they got to a more of an elder age, they had type 2 diabetes, they had mm -hmm. different things. So I grew up with them going in and out of the doctors. And so mm -hmm. my perception at that time was, wow, the doctors are helping the people that I love the most. I want to also mm -hmm. do this. But mm -hmm. as time has changed, I had realized, you know what, the medical field today is a little bit more focused on the treatment side of things. But what mm -hmm. my interest was, was the prevention. I wanted to learn more holistically how can you take control, take ownership of your life so that you don't have to necessarily feel ill growing up, which that's what actually led me to the Unani Tib perception because I, again, knew that there was a prevention somewhere. I knew mm -hmm. that there was, I knew that when I had come into Islam, that Islam had the answers for everything. I just had to find it, but I couldn't find out what the specific path was when it came to the health field or the treatment because like we have the financial medicine, Islamic finances, Islamic this, Islamic this. There wasn't out there Islamic medicine that I had found. So I thought, oh, maybe I had to study Chinese medicine or maybe Ayurveda. But I was like, no, there has to be a way. Which that brought me to Hakim Sub from the College of Medicine and Healing Arts based in Leicester in the UK. And he was able to, it just is, he owns this place and he's like, I've heard other students call him this and it, it's so true. He's the grandmaster when it comes to a teaching the prophetic medicine. And it's very in a traditional way. We sit on the floor. We're learning from him in terms of how we balance our six lifestyle factors. And so that was what I knew I still had to integrate that into my life. So even though throughout my journey, I had gone from, 
okay, I want to help people as a doctor to now I went to business. It's still, there's still that path that had tied me into. I want to focus as well on that holistic approach. Mm. So it's the foundation of it's all about helping people, mashallah. And just to remind the listeners um, that we have Marilyn Rose with us today, um, who is the founder of Fourth Women, a platform for ambitious faith-based women. She's an international speaker, TEDx speaker, and has traveled worldwide working with entrepreneurs. She started her first online business in 2015 with an online course. And after much success, she presented workshops internationally to teach others to get started. She has since continued her studies both in her faith and in NLP, Tony Robbins Business Mastery, Platinum Partnership, and Unani Dip in London, UK. She has reached over 10,000 people worldwide with her podcast and have helped her students with their confidence, clarity, and increased lifestyle cash flow. Marlon, my, my next question here is that where did that creativity come from where, you know, sometimes we just see helping people in one way and specifically with yourself where you said that you lived with grandparents who had health uh, difficulties and you wanted to help them and that for you you just thought about the medical field where did that creativity come from where and I know that you mentioned about mom support as well but you've been also creative in in, in mashallah subhanallah you do you started thinking about islam and then taking it further and then the united Dib and so on what do you think is kind of the secret behind of actually thinking outside the box and rather than seeing it in one way and exploring various ways of helping others yeah, so what I definitely believe in is that every single person has a God-given unique ability, which that means that there is no other version of you in the world that you are put here for only what you can do. So there's no other jihad in the world. There's no other Maryland in the world. There's no other you who will be able to do what you were given to do. So that mm-hmm. what that means is that there's this purpose framework that I love to teach, but also everybody can learn it. It's based off of the Ikiyagi Japanese methodology of the secret to success and happiness, that there is something that you will find that you're naturally good at. You're naturally absolutely really good at something. But then there's also a section that you enjoy doing something because you can be naturally good at cooking, but you might not actually like doing that. Right. But at the same time, there's someone who loves cooking and then they love doing it. And so there's these four sections. So the first is that you are good at doing it. The second is that you enjoy doing it. The third is that the world actually needs this this thing that you do that you enjoy doing and the fourth is that you can monetize it and with all of those four components that's what brings us our purpose framework in terms of what we can do to serve others and at, at the root of success and the root of growth i believe it comes with contribution so that's that concept of helping others it's because when you see somebody who's very wealthy they might look sad and lonely and and they're constantly only focused on driving, driving. But if you also see somebody who is equally wealthy, but they're constantly giving, they're constantly giving back, with of co- which of course it, it comes with our faith too. And the more you give, it's the more you know Allah is going to give you back. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I believe is that the root of success is with contribution. And when it comes to finding the creativity of how you can contribute, because someone might say, oh, I'm they don't have a lot of wealth but how can they help others? Well, you still can. So it, it even comes from, again, our faith is that if you if you can't donate money, if you can't do that, you still want to give with your hands, like do something. And so give with your time, give with your energy. There's always a way that you can help somebody else and that will give you that more success. So the creativity flows when you find those four things, which again are the first one to understand what you are good at the second to make sure that you actually enjoy it the Mm -hmm. third the world needs it that there is a demand for it and the fourth that you can monetize off of it and that's what gives you that purpose because again I believe in the sense that we want to give from the overflow because if your cup is half full or half empty you're still in a place that it's needing to be replenished but if it's constantly being filled up being filled up then you can give from that overflow and that's a beautiful place of abundance and grace and and just this divine aspect of you know i can i can continue to give and i you don't feel that you're tired or your basic needs are met essentially 
I love that. It's it's amazing the way you, you describe it. It's, it's beautiful, mashallah. So jazakallah khair for that. It kind of um, reminds me of the concept as well in relation to the personalities, the work I do, um, where the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he um, encouraged the Sahabas to take into to go into certain roles and discourage some of the Sahabas to go into certain roles that they that is not good for them. Um, for example, Ali radiallahu anhu, you know, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu encouraged him to go into um, to become a judge, and you know, Ali radiallahu anhu at the time was it comfortable with it? He said, "How could I go? You know." I don't have the skill and so on and he put his hand on his chest and he taught him the skills and he made dua for him and the um uh, the model that i studied about in terms of you know what we need to get into a certain role is that we need the talent which allah has created us with and what you mentioned there is what you're good at right and he also mentioned what you enjoy um so the model i've learned as well is that you need the talent the passion and then the third one is the skill and the skill is what we learn as you've done for example when you went to the united and you studied um different things to give you the skill to become successful in that field so those three together makes you great at what you do and also you mentioned in terms of um the uh what the world needs right so mm -hmm. looking in the careers that are needed for today because at the time the prophet Muhammad, there were set of roles that were needed and now there are different roles there's a variety of different roles um so what you're good at what you enjoy what the world needs as well as you know how to monetize it as well so i love that concept because it ties really well with what i studied as well in relation to the personalities that the prophet muhammad sallam, uh, or the model of the prophet muhammad sallam, in relation to the personalities and how we encourage the sahabas to get into certain roles that they're good at and encourage them from taking roles that they may not be successful at based on their personalities so I love subhanAllah how this just um, combines together really well there. So Zakallah for sharing this, Marlin. Um, perhaps Marlin, if you can tell us as well a bit about your experience coming into Islam, because that's a big step. So I know you mentioned that you felt lonely, you know, when you were um, 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 in, in Bali. So people usually, you know, kind of die for that kind of holiday. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Yeah, of course. So I had always grown up in a very spiritual way, but mm -hmm. I knew that there was something that was missing. So I had kind of gone in this path that I was thinking, oh, you know, Warren Buffett's agnostic. And at that time that I had said, oh, yeah, probably agnostic too, which means that you believe in something big, but you don't know what. So Allah protect us, Allah guide us. And so mm -hmm. when I had gone to Bali, I was on this yoga path and figuring out, okay, I'm going to do like everything namaste just the world still needs love and it was something that on the outside I was like okay that makes sense but on the inside there was still a big gap missing and so at that time I used to tell people oh it feels like there's a black hole that everything that comes in is just getting sucked in and disappearing I'm, I'm missing something which mm -hmm. of course when our heart is filled with Allah and it's there is no black hole going on there so and again I didn't know anything about Islam, it was just a different concept for me. So when I had started learning a little bit more, when I was actually introduced to it, I think it's so important that other people actually start to share about the beauty of Islam because a lot of people genuinely have no idea. And mm -hmm. I was under the impression that a woman wearing a scarf was an oppressed woman or I thought a woman who was fully covered was oppressed that it was like, oh, you don't have a choice. So many different underlying beliefs again from media perspective and so many things so when I came to my spiritual journey I was going I actually was at a Tony Robbins event in London and mm -hmm. I had gone in a group and at that time this was before COVID and everything so it's a four-day event Thursday through Sunday there's over 10,000 people at the XL and for me that was like okay I'm coming from Bali Namaste to now going to this big rah-rah event what's going on and mm -hmm. I was put in a group with the Muslims and so the Muslims that I were going to on that Friday went to go pray and I was thinking where are you guys going don't leave me alone in this group so I had mm -hmm. said okay <laughs> what is this whole prayer about? And the people in my group said, come pray with us. Come see what it is. And I was in the mindset of being open. So I had actually come to pray. And that was the first experience I had to pray. I wore this like oversized hoodie, some random scarf. And I'm, there were so many sisters at the masjid trying to fix my scarf because I didn't know what I was doing. Somebody <laughs> just said like, here, wash your hands and feet like this and then go go on your own and I was like okay I'm just gonna try it and yeah. it was at that moment it was a Friday so either the khutbah the sermon or it was Tony Robbins somebody had said but the message came to me practices if you believe and God will guide you oh, and 
Yes. So for me, that's what I took. Okay. Practices if I believe in, and I was looking for guidance. I, before I had taken my Bali trip, I went and I wrote in my moleskin journal, which is just a brand of a normal black notebook. And I had wrote, God guide me. But I have left that journal with me in Wisconsin. I forgot about it. I didn't pack it. And so I had continued on my way. And so when I had gone Bali, come back to London for the event, and I was heading back to Wisconsin, I found that journal and it had said, God guide me. And so I had started practicing the five. I was doing yoga five times a day. So I'd started practicing the five times of prayers a day. And in one of the prayers, it was just this overwhelming, blissful feeling that I had had. And I, after I had that, like when my head was in sujood, which I didn't know what that was at the time, but my head was on, on the prayer mat and I had that overwhelming feeling of bliss. And I said, this is what I'm meant to do. This is where I'm supposed to be. And that was how Allah subhanahu wa guided me. Wow. What an amazing subhanAllah journey. SubhanAllah, you were there for a certain purpose and Allah has chosen a different destination for you. SubhanAllah from there. And where it kind of like, it's amazing how it led to other that, you know that statement that you've heard and then where you wrote in your journal god guide me and then you see that just at the right time and feeling it in sujood subhanallah it's like it just makes you feel like the way allah plans things are always the best and sometimes we plan certain things in a certain way and when it doesn't work work out the way we want it sometimes you know we we don't feel you know we kind of feel why is this not working but subhanallah sometimes allah has a completely different plan for us and that's always the best plan so it's amazing. And that was very emotional listening to that story, subhanAllah. So thank you for sharing that. Um, just to remind the listeners, uh, we have Marilyn Rose in our show today, who is the founder of Wealthy Women, a platform for ambitious faith-based women. She is an international speaker, TEDx speaker, and has traveled worldwide working with entrepreneurs. She started her first online business in 2015 and presented workshops internationally to teach others to get started. Um, listeners, this is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking any calls um, for this show today, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show in 0779. 481822. Alternatively, you can comment on Facebook as well. Um, Marilyn, we have a few minutes before we go for a break, and I'm not sure if that's going to be enough time to kind of, or perhaps start talking about, because I've listened, I've, I've heard your TEDx um, talk, and the journey that you've mentioned there, and the terms that you use, and how you relating it to the roots of the plants, and so on. That was really amazing. I'd love for the listeners to hear that. So um, we've got about two minutes, perhaps, if we don't have the time to finish it, we can finish it after the break. Um, so if you can tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so the, the whole TED Talk that I did was definitely about reinventing yourself when it comes to your identity. And most of us, when it comes to our identity and our belief systems, that stems from a few things. So it stemmed from our parents, our school that we went to, the government that we're in, the location that we're in, the environment. These are what allows us to go through our beliefs. But most of us as adults, don't actually review those beliefs. So there are certain things that we're not, we're doing on a day-to-day basis, but we don't actually necessarily consciously choose to do it. It's still just been so ingrained in our subconscious and that's part of our identity. So when we're doing that, one of the sections that the TED Talk conversation is, is about how to re- consciously choose our identity where we're able to reinvent ourselves in any way that we choose because most of us put ourselves in a box we Mm. we wake up in a bed that's a box we go to our car of a box we go to work which is the office of a box we come home we sit we watch a box then from that box we go to sleep and we repeat and repeat until we end up in the grave of a box Right. Mm. So it's all of a sudden this whole choice of the conversation of the TED Talk is how do we break free from that box? How do we unleash our true identity and our purpose and our soul by being able to connect with our divinity instead of being put into the box? How do we tap into that inner wisdom, that strength and unleash that greatness within? Wow, that's amazing. And I love the way you describe things, mashallah. It just makes a lot of sense. And it just makes me think as well. And and I feel it's quite important to point that out and highlight it is that, you know, parenting, schools, that has a big influence on how the child thinks. 
Um, and that's something the Prophet Muhammad did with the Sahabas from a very young age is that he ensured that he helps them to nurture their personalities the right way so that they can, they can utilize their strengths in the right way to help themselves to succeed and to help the Ummah to succeed as well, which is the foundation of uh, we, uh, what I have for this show is that how do we arise to success as individuals and as a community together to follow the path of the Prophet Muhammad and what he did with the Sahabas. But at the same time, what you say, Marilyn, as well, is that not to allow ourselves, if we had, for example, certain upbringing or certain, you know, getting used to certain ways of thinking from school systems and so on, is to kind of not feel boxed in that and to think outside the box as well and to be creative about what we want to do for ourselves and how we can lead to or, or how, what we can do to become successful and to help the community to success as well. Um, so I believe that's a duty that we have based on the Prophet Muhammad's teachings. And that is, inshallah, what we're going to learn together through those inspiring stories that we have um, from the guests that come into the show. Marilyn Rose, thank you very much um, for all that you shared. We're going to go for a short break, but just to remind the listeners, please do stay tuned. Uh, we have amazing things to share with, uh, or from Marilyn to share with us, inshallah. So this is Inspire FM, Luton 105. One, we'll go for a short break and we'll see you shortly. Thank you. Asalaamu Alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to the Arise to Success show. We have a great guest tonight, which is who's Mar, who's Marilyn. Oh God, sorry, I can't say the name. Marilyn Rose, who is the founder of Wealthy Women, a platform for ambitious faith-based women. She's an international speaker, TEDx speaker, and has travelled worldwide working with entrepreneurs. She started her first online business in 2015 and presented workshops internationally to teach others to get started. Marilyn has since continued her study, studies both in her faith and in NLP, Tony Robbins Business Mastery, Platinum Partnership and Unani Zip in London. She has reached over 10,000 people worldwide with her podcast and have helped her students with their confidence, clarity and increased lifestyle cash flow. So Marilyn, before the break, we were discussing your um, journey, your choices in life, your journey in Islam and, you know, where you started off with wanting to be a doctor because you wanted to help um, grandparents and wanted to help others to moving into nutrition, to moving into business and how to help women um, in starting their businesses. Michelle, a great journey. You talked to, you know, in depth as well about what happened during those journeys. And the whole foundation behind this is the fact that you wanted to help others. You talked about what we need in order for us to be able to be successful in what we do in terms of, you know, being good at what you do, enjoying it. Um, what the world needs as well, finding what the world needs and monetizing it. Um, and that kind of, I found it quite links links really well with um, the, the Prophet's model in which we need the talents, that, that what, you know, the uh, what Allah created us with, the passion in what we want to do, as well as the skill, having the right skill through the, um, you know, um, having the qualifications and so on for that specific role. Um, so now perhaps we'll move into a little bit more about what you do now, Marilyn, and talk to us a little bit more about how you help women. Yes, so I focus on the coaching approach, when specifically when it comes to business. And one thing that's different between a mentor and a coach is that a mentor usually is somebody who's going to just tell you what to do, where a coach is somebody who's going to help you figure out the questions along the way, which is best for you. So. One of the things that I like to do is I say that I'm a coach. It's just my natural tendency to make sure that I can help you be the best version of you and then give you the strategy along the way. So in terms of when it comes to the online marketing side of things, the online business, whether you're launching a radio show or a podcast or anything that is going to be on the online space, that there is a specific strategy so you don't have to waste your time trying to figure out all the pieces along the way. And when it comes to the coaching side of things is, again, most of us have these roadblocks or something that's keeping us from actually doing the thing that we say that we want to do, which is different for us. So if you wanted to start a podcast and it's been on your goal list for the past 
two years, but you just haven't figured out how to do it. It's not necessarily because there's anything wrong with you or because you don't necessarily know what to do. It's more more likely because there's something that's a block for you in terms of your energy, your motivation in terms of that guidance to move forward. And so one of the main things I like to do is help people un uncover their natural unique ability and then also remove those blocks so most of these blocks again are imposed on us from society from Mm -hmm. our belief systems from different parts of our identities and that's something that we have to consciously and continuously choose to understand where we are in our life now and who is the person that we want to be and then I help with closing that gap Mm. That's amazing, mashallah. So if we have, for example, some of us might be thinking, well, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what I'm doing now. I feel like, you know, it's giving me the income that I need. Um, I'm not, I may not necessarily love what I do as a job, <clears throat> but it's bringing me the income, it's helping me to pay the bills and so on and so on. What, what would you advise such individuals? Are they in the right place to think like this? Or again, is that the box and it would be best to kind of think outside the box and what can we, what can they do to think outside that box? Yeah, of course. So to me, that sounds like someone's in a comfortable position. And mm-hmm. what there's nothing wrong with comfortable, but I always encourage people to get comfortable in the uncomfortable, just pushing out a little bit more. Because what happens is when you get to that complacency side, when you get to comfortable too much, it becomes complacent. When somebody comes complacent in the career world, that's someone who's made redundant. And time mm-hmm. and time again, that's what happens that they need this jolt. They need a big, a, as in my TED talk, a big uprooting to get them to their next stage of what's meant for them. And so the process that I like to talk about is instead of having to face that really hard adversity of an uprooting, that you can consciously decide, you know what, I'm going to just place myself in a different environment, or I'm going to continue to allow my roots to grow and to flourish and to allow the leaves that you're giving and the fruits that you're giving to be juicier for you to be more fruitful for you and the reason why we do that so say if you're in that comfortable place time and time again there will be something that comes up so I'll give you an example my dad worked in the corporate world as a director in a a top fortune 500 company in America for over 25 years that's Mm -hmm. a long time and when COVID happened he was planning on retiring. And so he did his very best. You know, he loved what he did every day. He went to work. It was a comfortable job, comfortable position. And he went in, he was doing something different every day. And he did it because he loved the environment. He had a lot of work friends. And he, again, he did it for 25 years. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it, when COVID happened and he had literally planned for one year of his role of helping that transition now most people when they're retiring or they quit their job they're like so long people it's your responsibility now to retrain someone he didn't do that he went the way to actually make sure that he was training the next person in the role to do everything that he can so it would be an easier transition for the company now Mm -hmm. all of this great goodwill what happened COVID happened he retired the company which is again a top fortune 500 company didn't even send him a thank you card for retirement. And of course, like he was looking for that closure of, you know, we're going to have one big grand retirement party and usually they have things. And I know COVID happened. So it's a time of adversity for everyone. It's the unprecedented skills, unprecedented time. And so people react, start to react instead of doing something proactively. But even in that time, it just shows you when you're doing something for somebody else in a sense that that's you're hoping that they'll repay you or they're you're hoping for that closure it won't always happen but if you're doing something for yourself that's again coming from that overflow then it doesn't necessarily matter if somebody gives you a a going away party or does anything but in that time of adversity again when that you're in that comfortable space comfortable only be comfortable for so long it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to come with hardships or challenges or emotional feelings so why not then do something that lets you live every day that you don't have to feel that you are working you get to tap dance your way into work you get to do something that it's fun and I remember growing up one of my teachers would tell me 
she didn't want to ever send us home with homework. She wanted to send us away with home fun, something that we can do that will help us grow, that we find fun for us. And I'm a very firm believer that when we do invest in our personal growth and that expanding mindset and again, getting out of that uncomfortable, that that is actually something that's truly fun that will benefit us and our loved ones. Wow, I love that. That's amazing. SubhanAllah. And and it shows that we, you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily that we have to do things because we have to instead of, you know, kind of enjoying actually what we do at the same time. And it kind of ties to what you've mentioned earlier as well in terms of find what you're good at and what you enjoy. So doing something that you enjoy is actually quite important because that's what helps us to wake up in the morning and think, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to work. I'm doing something fun. And while I'm saying this, I'm thinking majority of the time we think, oh, God, another day of work. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so having that fun aspect is, is great as well. Um, and I think it's quite important now. I want to also highlight here is that, you know, when you decide to start something for yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean that you leave work, leave everything and just, you know, completely start not knowing where you're going. But perhaps, you know, while you're doing your work, you can try and start something for yourself on the side because some individuals might think, well, I need something, you know, kind of stable there. I I don't feel I, I can't take risks. For those who can take risks, you know, that strategy can work with them, you know, where they leave everything and decide to make a fresh start. But some individuals, you know, personality is a little bit different where they think, no, actually, I want to make sure something is there. So you can still have like a a stable job there, a bit of, you know, uh, a source of income. But at the same time, try to start something on the side until, you know, it picks up and it's to a level where you can just focus on your business, what you're doing for yourself that is bringing you enough income. So there are various ways of doing it. And there is not just one way of doing something. Thing. And perhaps Marilyn, if you can share with us your journey when you started your business, because starting a business isn't easy. What we see are quite often in social media is the successes of that business, but we don't see what's behind it. And that's what I want the people to see and hear about so that they know what to expect and how they can deal with it. In a lot of cases, you know, we hear and, you know, we see in adverts and things like that, that, oh, you know, I left everything, I left my nine to five and I moved into my business and it worked really well. That's not always the case. It's not going to, you know, be very successful right from the start. It takes time to build that success. So can you share with us, Marlene, how was your journey to your business and were there any struggles and how did you deal with those struggles in order to lead to the success that you have today? Yeah, of course. So I was given the gift of naivety when I started. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was going into everything with fun and curiosity. So when I had started in the online space, I want to say that I always have also had this entrepreneurial mindset. I've seen my mom with different Mm -hmm. programs. She would always be someone who was in this MLM concept of promoting one product to another product and bringing people together and wanting to help people with different products. So I, I was able to see that. And then when I was young, I had actually started, I think I was about 10 or 12 years old, where I had started my first babysitter's club. Now, America babysitting is is very big. It's different than a lot of people don't have their families nearby to help watch. And so you always have a babysitter. So I remember going to one of the local community places, the Red Cross, I think, and was able to get my babysitter certification, my first aid certification and all of those things. And I had a big demand in my neighborhood. And so I had first actually found out other people who would be able to take my jobs and still get a percentage out of that pay cut. So that was my first little business was with my babysitting club. And that kind of brought me down to a place that I wasn't doing anything again from that need of survival. I wasn't, I'm not that entrepreneur of, I have to do this to make it work. It came from a place of, you know what, we're going to take, we're going to just try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Let's go to the new thing. And so one of my business mentors has taught me that it will take you at least 10 businesses that will fail before you find the one that works for you. And it's not about what's going to fail. It's about how fast you're going to fail. How fast are you going to move forward? And so I love the concept of failing forward because we all make mistakes. We all do things that aren't necessarily going to work out. The market might not like it. The timing might be different. And so you want to be able to do and implement fast with speeds of urgency in the sense of, you know what, I'm going to try it. It's like, what if today I'm going to wake up, I'm going to still try exactly what I want to do anyways. So when it came to the online side of business, again, I had this naivety. I didn't know. This was at the time 
that again, like the internet was kind of seemed as a scam. Like people were still thinking, can you make money online? Now, of course, we've gone through different world transitions. The media has told us, yes, of course, you can work from home. People have gotten accustomed to it. But I was doing this about five years before that. And so when it came to the work from home concept, people were like, no way, you have to go to work to get to make money. And so there is a definitely a lot of challenges that I had to overcome in terms of really relaying the, the, the concept to people. So even with my parents, when, even though my mom was the one who got me into the online side of things, when someone would ask her, Oh, what does your daughter do? She's like, I don't know something online. <laughs> and <laughs> most people didn't understand that concept. So I had that gifted naivety of just being able to try it. So with my first course, again, I took everything that I knew, like all the skills that I had kind of developed from university of being able to put together an outline, a framework, a course curriculum, I was able to do that. And then with other support, I remember having one of my friends, like one of my best friends, she's in Australia. And I was like, Kelly, you need to help me just edit this to make sure that this is good. And so she took my Google Doc and she reviewed it. And then I had one little iPhone, which at that time, I know we're on like iPhone 14, but at that time it was like iPhone 5. <laughs> so I had yeah. iPhone 5, I had my tripod and I had my laptop in front of me. And then I recorded the whole course straight to finish from the end. I just went straight from the outline, covered all the points, talked about what I knew. It was something that I knew I was confident about speaking about it. And I was just imagining that on the other side, I was speaking to my best friend. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just speaking to Kelly. We're talking about how I can help with the nutrition side of things. And that was how I launched my first course. And from there, that's the beginning of the journey. Wow, mashallah. And it makes me, you know, kind of point out as well, um, because as you're talking, kind of like see key things that are quite important. And I want to point it out to the listeners where you said about, you know, your childhood with your parents, because or with your, with your mom specifically, she had that business mindset. And that kind of helped you to have that mindset from a young age. So and kind of to give you that um, uh, for your mom to give you that, you know, that that opportunity so it's quite important for us to teach that you know to our children from a young age about you know having that open mindset and thinking outside the box because that helped you to survive that helped you to survive in your business and to make sure that you lose a success and the other thing that you mentioned is having business mentors now quite often what we see is that we you know in the, in, in in the internet and social media um, on ads that oh you know as i mentioned earlier starting a business was very successful from the start but that's not really the case it's not really realistic and i loved what your business mentors mentioned to you there that you need 10 business failures to lead to a successful business and for us as soon as we see the first failure it's like oh my god this is a failure we're not going to do it anymore and i'm speaking from experience as well it kind of scares you when you see the first failure so failure here is associated with a lot of negativities and i came across of um a definition of fail which is first f-a-i-l first attempt in learning rather than the last attempt and the one that makes us give up so it's more of a first attempt in learning that's what failure is and not to get scared of failure because failure eventually leads to success and what failure does is that it helps you to be do things in a different way think outside the box and to make it successful um so did you have um marilyn any any experience of of a bit of you know kind of um challenges in your in your business in terms of failures that you experienced that helped you to success and how was that like what was your perception of it how did you deal with it yeah, of course. I constantly go through that first attempt of learning, right? So yeah. one of the things that when most people think about starting on social media is that you're going to have essentially somebody thinks these three things. I think that they're going to have the best product and that people will come to their product or they think that they're going to post the best content and somebody will come or they think that they're going to work really hard and be the best at their skill set and people will come but that's just not the case you might be the best at what you do you might have the best content you might have the best product but if you're not putting it out to the right audience nobody's going to come so mm -hmm. it's for example if you have diamonds in the middle of a hot desert and these diamonds are there and nobody's around do you think anybody's going to reap the rewards of those diamonds mm. no they're not so you need to be able to understand your audience and so that was one of the first things when i had pivoted into more of my spiritual journey that i had gone from i had received a lot of backlash so i had 
one account, which was more of this old school influencer lifestyle in terms of, oh, here's me again, pictures of the beach and the Bali. But then I remember when I had first started putting on a hijab and started changing that brand and to the modest space, I just got so much backlash in terms of random strangers online, those haters, right? Haters, which are people like who hate, it's just a thing. So I remember that I just got so many backlash to people saying, oh, like, you're no longer beautiful. You're, you're one of those, like you've become an extremist. And this was something that was so shocking for me. I didn't understand it. And that kind of took me into a place that I was afraid to post anything. I was afraid to start over. And then I remember starting my current Instagram account, which was going to be a faceless brand. And I was posting great content, but again, nobody was coming because I didn't have an audience, but I knew there was part of me that I was afraid to post out and do it in a strategic approach because I didn't know how to comprehend that backlash. And again, this was around 2017. So I've been able to process through those things and understand like where that comes from. Everybody's in their own place. But again, that online space, it takes a different toll on people, especially in like emotional space. I was going through transitions that year. I had gone through my spiritual transition. I had moved to a different country. I had gotten married into a different culture. There was transition, transition, transition. And so Mm -hmm. there was a lot to process. And it was such a beautiful thing because it was a time that I knew that I had gotten closer to Allah subhanahu wa and it was needed for me. So I'm really grateful for all of those things. But when it comes to the side of working on to my business during those ad, during those transition times, there was a lot of, of failure when it came to posting into a place that had no audience. So I had to get really strategic and say, okay, I'm going to still show up online and do it in a place that is coming from my values. That's is coming from a place that I know I'm going to do this without being who I used to be. And now again, changing, filling in that gap when it comes to your identity and then being able to grow that way. Wow, love it, subhanAllah. And as you're talking, I was just thinking in the back of my mind, for some of us, it might be the easiest option is to actually say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to take my scarf off and I'm just going to, you know, kind of go back to what I used to be or what I used to look like that was suitable for the audience. But you stick to your beliefs and you stick to what you think is right and you became strategic on how you manage it so that you continue, you know, with your beliefs, you continue what with uh, with, with who you are um, and kind of making a bit of um, adjustments and finding perhaps as well the right audience. And I find that very important to find the right audience because sometimes when we're talking to everybody we're not talking to anybody basically so mm-hmm. finding the right audience that fits within what you are aiming to um to to help the individuals with so that's a great strategy there that you've mentioned so for that uh, we've got a few minutes before we end uh, marlin and i would like to end with um firstly um if you can share with the audience where they can find a bit more uh, you know support because mashallah i've seen the support that you give to others and how they found it so useful and beneficial it was very minor things that you've mentioned and suggested that made a whole shift and they were able to make sales um so i was you know when i when i read these reviews so i was like wow um that is amazing so where can you know people if they are encouraged you know hopefully listening to you people uh, would be so motivated to make inshallah those shifts in their lives where can they get more you know um to learn more about you know how they can get started is there a platform that you can lead them to to kind of help them with uh with starting making taking action or taking some steps moving forward Yes, of course. So there's a lot of resources when it comes to the online space that I provide. One is through my website, which is wealthywoman.com. And then, of course, if somebody wants to speak to me more directly, I'm on Instagram, Instagram Instagram.bewealthywoman. The reason why it's called Be Wealthy Woman is because I want every woman to identify and to bring in that that belief to be a wealthy woman. And that's Mm -hmm. where that name comes from. So those are two places that are great. And then, of course, I'm available on LinkedIn and Facebook and whatsapp but those are the two places that are the best amazing thank you for that to end with in a minute or minute and a half what would you advise people to do in order to take action yes so i would advise if somebody is going to start something new or to take action in anything is to do it presently and to do it consciously so be fully understanding your intention 
behind what you want to do. And the deeper that you go with your intention, the more it will create momentum for you to do what you want to do. So when something gets hard, when people are posting nasty comments, when people are doing with other people, those aunties are coming in and giving you different feedback or your brother, your sister, or anybody who's giving you any hard shit, the deeper you are with your intention, the stronger you are with that belief, it will allow you to keep going into being able to persevere. So really focus on your intention, be present, and then choose that consciousness to go forward. Excellent. I love that. And I would like to also add that for some people, it might be helpful to have a mentor, to have somebody for support, because it's it can be very um, overwhelming to hear criticism to and you you know when you have that real good intention that you want to help people you want to do something for them and you want to do something with your business and you keep getting attacked it can be very very helpful it can be very disheartening so perhaps making sure as well if you're the kind of person that can you know um, struggle with criticism. And that is normal, you know, I struggle with, you know, getting constant negative feedback, I would like to hear something positive as well. So having perhaps somebody that you know, who's always going to be there to support you, whether it is a mentor, whether it is a family member that you know, that would be really helpful in the process along with what Marilyn shared with us as well. So thank you so much for that. Just to recap, you know, everything that, you know, Marilyn shared with us today, her journey to success, the struggles, the failures that she's gone through, her journey to Islam, how she felt so lonely, subhanAllah, until she found the religion of Islam. So I'm hoping that the listeners have found this beneficial and inshallah, it encourages them to take action towards um, success for themselves as well as the success of the ummah. And Marilyn has shared as well some platforms where you can get more information to get started. So Jazakallah Khair Marilyn, uh, we have reached the end of this week's show of A Rise to Success and time has gone very far. So, you know, we're hoping that we could learn more uh, from Marilyn today and benefit from your uh, from your valuable um, input that you have given. But Jazakallah Khair for all you've given us. Thank you so much for sharing all you do, your story, the challenges you've experienced and how they all led to successes. Listeners, thank you as well very much for being here with us today. I hope this has been beneficial for you. And please stay tuned for future shows. Uh, we will be sharing more inspiring stories. Stories, uh, of different guests inshallah um, also if you do know anybody or uh, if you are somebody who would like to share your story on our radio show to inspire others please do get in touch with us at 0779 we'd love to hear from you thank you Marilyn for being here with us and listeners please stay tuned for future shows and a rise to success Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.